Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. introduce my guest for today so she is a senior senior people accounts manager at Ormrod Rutter chartered accountants it, see even I think that sounds quite scary already but I'm hoping to debunk some scary accountant facts today so it's Dina O'Brien welcome Dina oh hello thank you for the lovely intro yeah thank you for being here so my first question to my guest is always how high is your vibe today on a scale of one to ten very good today actually I would give it a 10 Ooh, I, I like Monday yeah. yeah I like Monday. it's a fresh it's a fresh week and anything can happen can't it and so I always try and be as positive as I can on a Monday even if it doesn't feel very positive sometimes and actually this is my podcast so is I'm actually it? quite excited that is yes, it is. and you're right we're recording this on a Monday so yeah we've got a week full of opportunities and actually we're recording this when we're about to be going into one of my favorite weekends because it's a four-day weekend and we get to yeah. this chocolate all weekend what else is that in life i know exciting i do love i I, just, I love good friday i don't know what it is about good friday but yeah. it's a feel good friday it definitely is. So, Dana, I'd love you to share with the listeners a bit about your background and kind of the path that you took to where you are right now and exactly what it is that you do within the big, scary remit of accountancy. Okay. I mean, how far would you, would you like us to go back? Childhood? Ooh, go, back, just... go all the way back, as far as you like. I was born and raised in Birmingham. My parents ran a social club when we were children, so that was character building, to say the least. <laughs> Unfortunately, they did separate when I was about 11. So teenage years was a little bit more difficult. Although my dad was around, um, my mum obviously raised the four of us by herself, really. So that came with its own, oh, no, I don't want this for my future self type of yeah. thing, <laughs> which then swiftly led on to me actually having a daughter of my own very young. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which was not the plan. But actually what, what that did do for me was push me to find what, was important to me for my future for her benefit mm. before having her I did have a string of, of quite good jobs but they were very much means to an end you know got paid enjoyed you know I was enjoying life but you know there's never any savings going on it was just you know always worked but nothing, there's no there's no real pathway mapped out for myself yeah. so once I obviously had Charlie I was I was under this do I go back to work in the bank or do I try something new so I always liked the idea of counselling, so I decided to do an access course at college for so to become a social worker. Okay. Which is not where we are today. Got a place at Birmingham Uni, but then had some struggles financially and with her dad and things. So 
it wasn't the right time. So I just needed to get into back into work, get some money behind me. And my mum at the time was cleaning for an accountant in Sturchley. Mm-hmm. So my CV in, handwritten, because I didn't have a computer. <laughs> and the rest is history, really. So I started there back in 2004 or five. I think it was early 2005. Just doing, admin, doing an admin role. And over time, just stepped in and started helping out with things like VAT returns and getting a bit more involved with the clients. And it was all well and good following a pro forma, but I needed to understand why, what, what was VAT? Why am I adding column to match that column to tell HMRC I owe this much money? It didn't make any sense. I could add the numbers, but I wanted to fully immerse myself into this, into this world. So I went, took myself off to college and worked there for up until 2014. And at that stage, then I wanted to do something, you know, a little bit on a grander scale, more grander scale. So I started looking around and obviously got the job here at Ormrod Ritter. Never looked, and, and, you know, it's a fantastic move for me. So, you know, the, in my other, at the old job, I learned everything about accountancy from, you know, lower end bookkeeping, back return, CIS payroll, all the intricate bits of business that we all probably would need to know more about anyway. But obviously moving on into, the, you know, the, the area where I am now, I would, I, gone through the ranks here to manage my own team and I'm now at a position where I've got you know a portfolio of my own clients which I'm looking at continuing to grow that so very yeah, demanding but exciting and extremely rewarding absolutely can't believe how I fell into such a a great career really and a great place to be all whilst raising a child as well so you know I've got, I'm always proud of myself for that and she's doing really well in life too she's at university now overall um you know I'm sure lots of people can tell you stories about what tough times they had you know we've all got them in us haven't we but I feel like I've act- I actually feel like I'm in a place now where I really believe in myself I'm comfortable where I am I'm enjoying it there's always new challenges there's still so much more to learn as well which is always exciting you know the government changed the rules all the time so you've always got to be on your toes but yeah yeah that's about me Oh, well, I absolutely love that. And you're right. You know, I meet a lot of people who almost fall into whatever profession they're doing. You know, I was in insurance for many, many years and I fell into that because I wanted a job when I finished school and my dad was in the motor trade and knew lots of people in insurance and I kind of fell into that. And then, you know, I just went, I was like, okay, so this is my career now. And I just rose to the ranks and I loved it right up until I left to start my own business, obviously in a, in a moment of madness. So <laughs> work for Orm Rodgers, now they're quite a large accountancy firm, I, I feel, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So they're very large now in the Midlands, Worcester, mainly Worcester, to be honest. We are nation, we are national though. We have got clients all over the country, but predominantly Droitwich and Worcester is, is where Droitwich is where head office is. I'm personally based in Bromsgrove at the moment, mm-hmm. but do tend to work between the two. Okay. But yeah, we are quite well established. We offer lots of bespoke services that not all accountants would offer, just because of the, the nature of technicalities of them. But what we do, you know, we are quite proud of the fact that we have a very broad spectrum of partners and specialists that work for us. Right. So, you know, we've got things like R&D, inheritance tax, trust planning, you know, things that you would normally go elsewhere for and then your accountant would link in with them. Right. But what we what we are very clear is if there's a niche in the market and there's a lot of, you know, if we get lots of clients asking us about specific things, then for ex- a prime example is we've just started selling um, cyber insurance to our own clients only for now. Mm-hmm. But because if our clients, had had issues in the last two, you know, two years 
one of the partners said, well, actually, why don't we get involved with an insurance broker then and sell it on ourselves? So that's what we're doing. Okay, so I think first thing I'd like to say there is, so, you know, I said they're all, I, they've all registered to me, like quite a big accountant to firm. And do you still deal with what I would call the smaller businesses? You know, if someone was a startup, do you, like you said, you deal with lots of different things. They, so I'm presuming you deal with everything from startup person just setting out to, you know, multi-million pound turnover companies. Yeah, very much so. I mean, quite a lot of my clients, obviously, when you, when you start becoming what they call a fee earner, you tend to be given the smaller clients to start with anyway. And a lot of mine are sold traders and most of that's been referred now because they all speak to their friends or their colleagues and I get a lot of referrals for those so I would say more of mine are probably a lot of the smaller end businesses at the moment I've got a couple of larger ones quite a lot of limited companies as well now but equally small limited companies so they're very similar to the sole trade and how they would operate it's obviously just the way they're set different so you know nothing's not not allowed isn't the right phrase but you know what I mean there's no point to be not, too you small. can't be too small and you can't be too big essentially no. you've got people no, that's, that's, yeah I think I, I'm well quite well suited to the, the smaller businesses because they're the ones that are probably a little bit more timid to come and want to speak to an accountant they're not really sure what they need and want but now I feel like a lot of the clients I took on really appreciate being having their hands held and I'm, I'm quite good at that. And I'll nurse them through the first 12 months. And if things change in the market, I can be more proactive with them. Or they'll ring me and say, oh, this has happened. Can I do this and this? So the first 12 months are quite key. We work very closely together. And then once that, 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 that link is established, they tend to not need to ask so many questions because they know what they're doing. And that can be anything just getting them on a software, like, I don't know, something like Zero, all the way up to, Oh, I, you know, about to. I've been offered this 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 contract abroad. Can I do that? Is it is it legal? Am I allowed to do that in UK law? And you know, there's lots of strange things that might come up. But we just work our way through them together, and it's so lovely because that's you know, you go a year, you do the first steps of accounts with them, you have that meeting, and to see them move along and actually do it, have a really fantastic year. And then sit in front of you and, you know, you go over the figures and look at, wow, look what you've achieved in 12 months. And that's got to be, for me, the best feeling um, of what I do. It's such a good job satisfaction. But also that person's done so well as well. So you're almost celebrating together. It's yeah. Just, uh, yeah, just a bit. Oh. And you mentioned there about, you know, holding their hands about what they might not know. And so I really want to talk about this, right? Because when I started my business, I was like, that. yes, I know how to be a business person. I've run someone else's business. I know all the businessy things. I know how to do my thing that I'm doing. But I didn't really know anything about accounts. And so yeah. I, I, a lot of the people that I meet now and my own clients, particularly if they're early on in their business of be like oh I didn't I didn't know about that or you know I didn't know about my personal tax and I'll speak to that from personal you know from it happened to me personally so I was like you get your first VAT bill in I'm like what's this you know go run to my dad he's run his own business for years dad what's this VAT bill and he's like well have you not been putting your VAT aside no I'm wearing the VAT look at them on my shoes look at my shoes they're lovely and I think Certainly, you know, I would have probably had that in my awareness, but I think that there is that, you kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, people are a bit scared to ask or a bit intimidated, don't want to 
don't want to look stupid, don't want to understand, I don't think they might understand the answer that's given. And so for me, I think that it would be great if accountants, you know, kind of break down that barrier and that kind of stereotype, I suppose. And it sounds to me that's kind of what you're doing there. Would you agree? Oh, yes, definitely. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of somebody quite recently um, who set, just setting up as a sole trader. So nothing too out there. But to them, it absolutely is. You know, they're giving up their day job. They're taking a risk. Should they, shouldn't they? Which I obviously can't advise that. You know, if you're willing to take this, then that's your, that's your decision to make. But what I can give them is how it would look either way. So, you know, we'll do some predictions and we'll have a look at some ideas. But predominantly, the first thing I do is sit them down and say, well, you know, have you registered yet with HMRC? And they look blankly at me. Well, of course they haven't because they didn't know you needed to. So we go all the way back to base. We talk about registration, self-assessment, what the tax years and the fiscal tax years are, when theirs would be, what that means for them from a tax point of view. So when they have to prepare the figures up to, and then they, they get another nine months then to pay that tax bill over. We, we touch the rounds of payments on account, which nobody ever understands first time no. because so confusing. And until really the tax is due and you break it down in, in numbers for them, it never really makes any sense until the time comes. Then obviously we touch on VAT, if we think that might be a thing. You know, it's usually for most of my clients starting out, they're not, not anywhere looking anywhere near it hitting the 85,000 mm -hmm. but a lot of them do and I always just say to them from the get-go if your income gets close to this can you please call me because obviously I can't tell if that's happened until it's happened and they, they present me with those figures so um, a lot of them are very good at that and they'll ring and say oh I'm having a panic oh, we've hit this and we wasn't expecting to so we can be proactive there it's very difficult when it happens in retrospect and then you've got to work backwards so I do, do try and give them as much information in layman's terms as I can up front we also might talk about if they think it's going to be high profits. Well, actually, are you doing this with anyone? Have you got a wife or a husband that you might want to bring in? Could you do it as a partnership? Mm -hmm. Keep, you know, the tax, you know, the joint tax then under basic rate band, that sort of thing. Or we look at the limited company options if we think that's worthwhile at that point. Mm -hmm. So I like to give them, you know, options, but not overwhelm them with yeah. information. Because yeah. it's a completely new world to go into if you've never heard of these things before. Mm -hmm. So I try and keep it simple. But equally, let them know, you know, go away and have a think. Call me back, because when you've mulled it over, you're bound to have more questions. They always have. Yeah. We, we do set what we call like a no obligation hour anyway. So if you come in and see me for an hour, we'll try and work out what you need. Then I can give you a quote and then they can go away and think about it. But, then, you know, if they don't, very rare they don't sign up, if I'm honest, because I think I've given them enough information to make them feel comfortable. The only times we don't tend to is if they decide to put the back burner on it or something for a little while. But, okay. you know, time that happens. But I like to think that I'm very good at giving that personal touch and that, you know, easy, what I call easy advice mm -hmm. without overcomplicating things for them. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that from what you've just explained there. And I also think, and I think I could feel I could say this as a woman, is that, you know, I think years ago, so I worked in insurance and that was very male dominated. And I think accountancy would be the same, you know, the grey suits, the very serious men that sat there. And so, you know, that was one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast because, you know, I know you can't see these listeners. She's very normal looking. She doesn't look scary at all. <laughs> she looks really friendly, really normal and actually fun, which I don't know if that's often a word that is mentioned with accountant, if I'm quite honest. It's certainly a stereotype we are trying to change. And that's one thing we like about this practice, actually, even though some of the partners are a little older than me. None of us are like very, very old, shall we say, but it's a very progressive practice to work for. 
you know, there are a lot of males at the top. There are, and that's something that there's a couple of me and a couple of other female managers are trying to work our way through because it's something that I've I identified probably 12 months ago when I started to get my own clients. Actually, I want to go about this a different way. I could I could go and get clients in the same way that the males do, but actually, there's a whole market of people that would prefer to deal with women. Yes. So they're the people I'm trying to target because with most of our fee earners stroke partners being male, mm-hmm. there are there is probably a, a set a circuit of people out there that probably wouldn't come to us. Yeah. Because deal with a female. So obviously I'll, I'll, I'm not fussy about what clients I do take, but I would like to be able to offer that gap, you know, bridge that gap for people. Because not necessarily females, I've had some men sit in front of me that won't that probably are a bit shy or timid and wouldn't deal very well with a with a corporate male either. You know, they might need the bit a bit shall we say but it works well I've also had a few males sit in front of me that are very much know know what they need to know already so Mm -hmm. they can be quite challenging they they try and question me or not that they shouldn't I much prefer you ask questions but sometimes it's it can be a little bit arrogant in the Mm -hmm. way that they they're with me but we soon break that down and they 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 accept me so I've you know I've, I've, I've I've learned a lot in 12 months believe it or not doing all of this I think it's just believing in yourself. And if you're assertive enough, mm. they'll believe you too. It's yeah. just breaking down those barriers. Yeah, that's what I say, you know, to, to my clients and the people that I work with and, and when I'm doing my events and stuff is that you have to believe it first. And we all know how we can pick up on little things with people. And even though we might not think we're conveying that, you know, if you're conveying that you don't really know what you're talking about, then somebody else is going to pick up on that. And I like to believe that people are in their profession doing their thing because they do know what they're talking about. And so you've got to own that no matter who you're speaking to, really, and have that confidence. And I think you mentioned earlier about you know, getting that confidence in what it is that you're doing and where you're going and what it is that you want to do. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, we, you know, we still cross some hurdles. And technically, you know, I'm a bit of an all-rounder, shall we say. So I know a lot about lots of pieces, but I'm not necessarily a specialist in anything that technical yeah. as in I know I know what I know most things but there are certain technical things that come up on on some jobs you know more higher end corporate things that obviously I don't deal with it on a daily basis but it doesn't concern me because we've got so many specialists that even if I feel I can't answer my client immediately I'll go away speak to our specialists and then come back to them with the answer within that same day or the next day at the latest so and sometimes it's it's something completely new like there'll be mergers going on or share restructures that might need to take place for various different reasons in which case that isn't an overnight answer anyway. And I probably would get my team in with them and we'll have a larger meeting altogether. So it can yeah. be them properly. So I'm at, you know, I used to feel a little bit like I had a bit like imposter syndrome because I knew I didn't know everything. Yes. Now I'm happy with that because you can't do everything. If we was all a specialist in all of it, then we wouldn't be needed, would we? So no, I'm exactly. quite confident. I don't know the answer to say, well, actually, yes, I do know about that. But there's so many factors. It's not something I can just advise you about now need to know xyz and i'll come back to you and i think that that's okay you know and most people would respect that anyway i think it's more than okay and also like you mentioned earlier you know the government changes things so often that people i always think about you know the hr for instance that think just things are just changing all the time so if you're in certain professions you know you it's i would say it's impossible to know everything um, 
do you think it is? And obviously you've got a daughter and she's grown up now. I've got grown up son and daughter. But I think we still seem quite uneducated about money in general. So be that kind of financial planning or accountancy. And yeah. I, I remember when I was at school, and I don't know if they do this now because that was a long time ago, but we used to have like the school bank and, you know, used to pay a little bit of money and you had a little checkbook and everything. But for me, I really wish that there was more education around money, finance, accountancy, that kind of thing. What Do you have a view on that? I do, actually. When we was at school, it was it, there wasn't really much. The school did actually do... They used, they used to go like, a topic day every month of, of various different things. Somebody come in and they did. They, they would learn, they'd very briefly touched on mortgages, stocks and shares, just general bank accounts and, and things to know about when you're older. Not in any grave detail, but at least they were made aware of it, I suppose. But because of the lack of that when I was at school, I think I raised my child a little bit differently. You know, she had her own debit card the minute she started secondary school, so she could buy her own lunch or her own, you know, treat herself to something after school on her journey home if she wanted to. But it was more about teaching her to budget. You know, she only probably had five pounds a week in there, but if yeah. she spent it in one day, then she was hungry. You know, it was yeah. one of those. I mean, she she had a, a packed lunch anyway, so it wasn't, I wasn't leaving her hungry, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> it very much going to have pocket money. Or if she had money off family for birthdays, she'd give me half of her savings account, but then she'd put the rest in that little account so she could go out with her friends at the weekends and things like that. And she's so much better with money than I ever was at a young age. You know, she she's learned to drive, so she budgeted and saved for her car insurance and things like that. She's at uni, so it's hard now to budget when you don't want to come in. But, yeah, I like to think the schools definitely need to do more. Mm. I mean, I don't actually know what they are right now. My daughter's, you know, finished school three years back now, but I just don't think that there is enough it would only be an extra class every couple of weeks, wouldn't it, to, for them to put on? Or, or even build it into maybe their work experience week that they have to do yeah, a day. Something like that. Doing I, get- think, I think knowing about mortgages, just the basics of stuff, really, basics of budgeting, you know, just some very basic stuff. I've thought that for some time, and, you know, I think it would make it so much easier coming into the world of work or into business, whatever it is, with just some basic understanding, like you say, even basic budgeting, you know, would, would be good. So yeah. what, what do you think is, we've probably talked about some of them, but do you think there are any more kind of stereotypes, misconceptions about your industry? This is your platform. You can break them down right now. Well, yeah, I think, believe it or not, you get very opposite ends of the spectrum. So you get those out there that think that, we don't then we're not needed at all and they're usually very you know like builders smaller entities yeah. that yes and you don't legally have to have an accountant we know this but then they're the ones that are find coming in four years behind with their tax returns because they haven't filed them properly or they've not understood or they've put the wrong figures in and it's and it, it, it's not a rocket science to fill in a self-assessment I mean I'm sure you've probably done one of your own at once upon a time but those are questions on there that if you answer it wrong, it can open a can of worms. <laughs> and there are a lot of leading questions. So, you know, they're not the easiest forms to fill out. But so I think you can get it from both sides. You can get the misconception that we're not we're not really necessary or we charge a lot for not a lot. We get that. Or there's the other way where people are, people assume that they can't speak to us in fear that they do something wrong and we'll report them. Yes. <laughs> but then to help and to get it help you get it right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you make a 
mistake, then we will identify that mistake and tell you what your options are in order to correct it. Mm-hmm. But usually if we offer a correction and make HMRC aware, then it, it, it's just brushed over anyway because you've done the right thing. Yeah. You just pay any additional tax for the case and, and that, that, that's usually as far as it needs to go. But yeah, we do get, you know, oh, I didn't realise it would be this straightforward. Oh, that was so painless. Oh, thank you so much. You've really like, saved my bacon. I get all sides. And um, then you get those that you do all the work for them. You were quote, they were quoted a fee. You bill it. Oh, what's all that for? Why have you billed me that much? Oh, that's what we agreed. And I under, well, we've had that a lot over the last two years since COVID. Obviously, people are struggling. You know, we've tried to be as fair as we can. Obviously, everywhere's had to put their prices up. So inevitably, we have had to say. But on the whole, it's been quite well received. So it's only a small selection that get yes. the misconceptions. Most accept that they just want to get it right and whatever you tell them they'll believe you interesting you said there charge a lot for not a lot and i compare that to when i worked in insurance because people pay you an inordinate amount of money sometimes and in the old days when you still used to hand over a certificate of insurance you know basically you're giving them a very expensive piece of paper and everyone hopes that you actually don't see them again for the year because they don't have a claim and so even worse really and then they come back 12 months later and you're like oh it's gone up again you know why has it gone up I've not even used it there's your expensive piece of paper again so it is that kind of like you say the misconception but when you need it is the thing is that you know it's there it's there for you yeah I also think with HMRC probably or should we say nitpicking there looking into so many things to keep obviously to recoup you know I know they're with R&D claims now, they are hitting people who probably claim those seeds grants incorrectly as well. We've had a lot of people being, being written about those because their tax returns didn't stack up to what they put on the claim, so they're having to pay them back. You know, people weren't expecting that necessarily to happen. So all, all the more reason why you need an accountant, because if we respond on your behalf, yeah. it's more likely to get accepted. Whereas you know, they know that individuals probably don't really understand what they're even signing for sometimes, which is awful. But we've got your back then, so to me, and it's easy for us to handle it. And we were so used to doing that. What might take us an hour to do a letter and make a phone call could take that person weeks, months, and a lot of stress. Yeah. So believe it or not, we get a headache out of the function. You know, getting that, getting the right people on board and understanding our soft, our services, how much work goes into that. And actually, sometimes people will have a go and then say, no, no, have it back. I understand now. I can't, I can't do that. You know, and I'm all for that. I always say to people, if we can save you a few hundred pounds by you doing just this little bit of the work yourself, and they'll have a go. Sometimes they'll do really well. Other times it's, oh, absolutely not. I'm, I'm, I can't. Don't understand it. Don't have the time. Please take it. But that builds up that relationship again then, doesn't it? Because you've given right. them the choice, save yeah. some money. Yeah. Now, I don't believe in saying something to somebody if they don't need it very open and honest about that you know our fees are what they are but if I can give you an element of the of the job to keep on top of then your fees can be a little bit less at the end of the year then that's what we'll do but yeah misconceptions are not a difficult one but I usually break them down eventually I like to think yeah. in the moment I love that and I know we could talk accounting all day I want to come back to you personally a little bit obviously you said about having your daughter early and then keeping keeping going and having your jobs and stuff what do you think your secrets to, you know, keeping high vibe most of the time? Because I know you're, you know, you're a positive person. We all have our ups and downs, obviously. But, you know, if it is a particularly yeah. crappy day, what are your kind of go-to strategies to get yourself back in a high vibe state? 
Well, I think to, if I, just to give you a bit of transparency, when Charlie was smaller, I really did struggle with anxiety and I fought and fought for it not to win. Never had a day off sick, anything like that. Used to go to work plucking sometimes. I'd be that highly strung. But I was determined for one, her not to see me fail mm. and for the world not to see me fail, I suppose. I was I was going to do this. Yeah. I could, I could, I could. So that, that was hard. That was a very hard time of my life. I did meet somebody else and we've been together for quite a long time now and we live together. So his support was huge, you know, after that time in my life, that was difficult. But as I am now, if I'm having a particularly stressful day or there's quite a lot going on, I find the gym is my saviour. Mm. Just go and relieve myself of a few hundred calories and a, and a bit of a hit session and better for it. And, and, and talking to people, to believe, believe it or not, not bottling it up, go home, have a bit of a rant if I have to, or even to some of my colleagues, you know, we all have a bit of a moan at each other and then we move on and, you know, get, get a tea round on the go and, you know, packet of biscuits if needed. We're all happy again. But yeah, I think it's very much keep going and trying, and, and also listen to your body if you, if you are having a rough week and you need to have a sleep, go and have a sleep. Like, don't beat yourself up for accepting you're tired or accept how you feel whatever that might be I think they're, they're probably my best coping mechanisms to be honest I tried meditation and I'd love to say I love it but I just can't I can't get can't be friends with meditation I just can't Not do it find out what works for you you know I'm a fan of yeah. the nap. like if you're tired just go and have a nap don't push yourself because the work that you yeah. do will be up to scratch anyway and you're right about the kind of letting it out. So, you know, if you've got people that you can share it with, but also limit yourself. So I always say, you know, go and if you be miserable, go and be the most miserable you can be, as if you're going to win first prize in a being miserable competi- competition, give yourself half an hour or an hour, whatever it is that you need. And actually, if you do it really well, you'll probably find after 10 minutes, you're just like, well, I've done it all, it's out. And then you can kind of, you know, change your slate and move on. So yeah, I completely agree with all, all of those things that you said there. So and and never never to sleep on an argument is probably my favourite. Yeah, I think that's from the like, grandparents or the great grandparents, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah, you can never go to sleep on an argument, but it's right because why would you want to carry anything like that over to the next day, yeah. really? Exactly. Like, it's like, and get it sorted, and then yeah. go to bed and start again the next day. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, come on, get get it out bit of it move on brilliant so I always end the podcast with the last word feature where I ask my guests to reveal their lasts from meals to mistakes and everything in between so uh Dina I have picked accountant related things for you trying to again make it fun all right so I want to know what was the last great accounting joke or meme that you heard or you saw (laughs) funnily enough Memes are something that pop up on my feed quite a lot anyway, but obviously not long out of the self-assessment season now, are we? So if there's one thing that we struggle with the most is it's getting the information of clients, believe it or not. They know their deadlines as much as we know them, but it's always our fault if if we're not if we don't get the stuff in. So we can be chasing them for months sometimes. And I saw a meme of a gentleman in a park, and at the top it it say it said me waiting for the last month for my client's records and this this man's got the four pictures of him yeah. one swing of the thing 
one down a slide, just looking like, just completely lost, <laughs> killing time. It's got to be one of, it, it's funny. It's, it's probably not funny to anyone else, but it's funny to me because it's so apt. But like literally every person I work with will be pulling their hair out, chasing clients for information. Even the junior, the, you know, the young apprentices and juniors because they have to chase people. Yeah. It is the book uh, of the job. <laughs> I can actually so get much. that. And I think about it from a client point of view. And you're right, we know for well, but I, like I see that email come in, I'm like that, oh, deal with that another day. Oh, deal with that another day. And just just asking, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I'll get round to it. Well, you know, but so yeah, so I'm going to try and be much better on that. And my second one is what was the last bizarre expense claim that you saw or something a bit, you know? What do people try and get through that they can't? Well, one thing you do see a lot of, and I don't think that they really realise, is, and it's not that they're trying to put it through, you just get given the bank statements, don't you? So we obviously have to summarise them. And when you Google some of these things, you wish you didn't, and our IT <laughs> blocks them. <laughs> so, yeah, some of these some of these, some of these, male builders, like a lot of, lot of betting sites and a lot of other things, shall we say. But obviously, they're not allowable. Yeah, I've, I've had a colleague before tell me that they found a receipt for some toys. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, so that's, this is not people, not... but you're doing the look, some toys, people. You know what we're talking about there. Excellent. And, but in so, terms of probably, in terms of probably pushing their look, people try and claim trips abroad, golfing holidays, and sometimes an element of those can be allowed if they're taking clients yeah. as entertaining. But you are also with your wife and your kids, so yeah, you know you have to toe the line somewhat but yeah we, we I always just say to people send me your receipts and if I can find a way to make that work for your business then fine and if not then it, it, it can't go in it's that simple but yeah people will always say why can't I do that why can't I clothes is another one why can't I buy that as business wear so because you can wear it anywhere yeah. <laughs> so that has been me. I've done that for many years why can't I put my Ted Baker through the accounts but I also Absolutely. love what you said there, and I think this is, you know, a really good point to end on because it's what I wanted to illustrate at the whole interview with you, is that you said, send me your receipts, and if I can find a way to make it work, I will. And I think that is a great example of, you know, how you are different and how your accountant will work with you. You shouldn't be afraid to send all your receipts and go, look, this is what I've got, what works, what doesn't, rather than go, oh, oh, I can't send that, I can't send that. You know, that's where the relationship building, I think, comes in and the and the kind of, you know, modern accounting, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, the way the world is now, we do have to be a little bit more proactive and clever with with what we can and can't claim for because we, we get some really bizarre trades anyway and they, they might actually be allowed to, you know, I've got I've got one client who does like YouTube videos and he's he's he's, he's always in the gym, so he probably can claim gym memberships because if he doesn't look yeah. good, yeah. then he's you know he's not going you know he's selling workouts and yeah. like monthly products and services. So yeah, you know, whereas you or I couldn't claim our gym memberships because it'd be deemed as personal. Oh, so to me, I've just written it down. I'm like gym membership. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us today. Where can our listeners connect with you? And we will put this in the show notes. And also, you've sent me a lovely guide, would you call it, to the recent budget. So we're going to put that in the show notes for people as well. But yeah, where can we connect with you more? 
I'm, I'm available on LinkedIn. I will also send you, well, you've already got my, my telephone number anyway and my email address. So either of those are, are fine. I do have a business Facebook page as well, but it's probably not as as uh, interactive as LinkedIn, if I'm honest. So yeah, but I'll send you the links to those. You can add them on. Lovely. All right. So we'll put all those details in the show notes for you. And I do encourage you to connect with Dina. As you've heard today, she's not scary or boring at all. She's modern and fun oh. and helpful. So that's lovely. So that's it from us today. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, remember to keep those vibes high. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high.